to Inular FM's Health and Wellbeing for our sponsor, Mullen Natural Health Centre, Hamilton. It is time for Health and Wellbeing. Peter Mullen, now this time around, Peter, you've brought in some documents that I thought we were taking a trip back in ancient Egypt with all these pyramids that you've got on this information, but it's not a history lesson, is it? It's, it's, no, it actually, there is a little bit of a history lesson mm-hmm. involved. Yeah. But, um, you yeah, could be our pharaoh at... for the day. I could be our pharaoh <laughs> for the day. Just don't ask me to be Cleopatra and we'll be okay. <laughs> so, look, this time around, it is the food pyramid that you should be eating. So, this will be a very exciting chat. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a lot of concepts we've talked about, but just looking even at the progression of the food pyramid over the years hel- helps us sort of understand we are slowly heading in the right direction. But I've got a, I've got a few... A couple of extra tips to fast track for people to really get onto how they ideally should be eating. Oh, we like fast tracking. Everyone Absolutely. likes to get there. Have you got that one pill that'll help me lose that last 15 kilos? <laughs> the answer is no. No. Peter, the health pyramid, this is the food pyramid you should be eating. Now, I, how far back does the food pyramid scheme go? Well, <laughs> why are you laughing? That's Just when you said the, the, the food pyramid scheme, I yeah. don't know that it's a scheme. <laughs> that does have a negative. Co- okay, so how long have we been? Uh, Maybe it is a scheme. Ha- no, it could be. Maybe could it be. is put out by the uh, fruit and vegetable people. So, so how far back have we been seeing the charts all around hospitals and health places for the food pyramid? There I think it first first popped up in the early 1980s. And it was the idea, so even back then, you know, the idea was to induce people to the concepts of nutrition with, you know, ideas of, you know, eat more of this type of food, eat less of that type of food. Um, and it, when it was first produced, it was the height of the fat-free craze. Ah, uh, yes, when fat when fat lost over sugar. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how the fat, fat-free fat craze started was that, um, um, that they, they found on autopsy they found um, people's arteries clogged up full of fats and cholesterol so they presumed from that that you know eating animal fats eggs full fat milk meat was passively floating floating around in people's bodies and clogging up their arteries so hence the start of the fat free fat free craze so basically in the in the initial pyramid it had down the bottom so imagine the pyramid so the bottom's the thicker yeah, like more the base of, of it. yeah yeah so Traditionally, it was based mostly around cereals and breads. Eat most cereals and breads and grains. And it also had vegetables and fruit down there as well. Eat moderately yogurt, milk and cheese and low fat at that. Um, Lean meat, legumes, poultry, fish, nuts and eggs. And then we had margarine was recommended in preference to butter. And I think I've mentioned on this show before, I'm not a big fan personally of margarine because of the way it's made i would rather patients actually use butter scrape it on and scrape it off 100 percent butter um oil and right at the very top of the pyramid was sugar so at, um, least, at least that was right that part was right it's i guess it's the stuff in the middle that you're going to have a bit of a it's more the stuff down the bottom down it's the bottom. more the fact that you know the idea was that we need to cut out the cereals and grains and we sorry we need to cut out the animal fats mm. and we need to eat more complex carbohydrates Bread, cereals, grains, pasta, rice, rolled oats. I can even remember uh, a commercial for a uh, well-known breakfast cereal that used to have, um, they used to put it as like a pieces of a puzzle and they used to have as a selling point on it that it was full of complex carbohydrates. I can actually remember that. Yeah, yeah, so that was in complex carbs. Complex carbs and, and you know, in a, in a healthy, well-balanced diet, a small amount of complex carbs, I'm not totally against that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk in a little while about um, and a more ideal pyramid, but this was our basic starting pyramid, and um, 
you know, just interesting that you, our, our knowledge around diet and health, like where did you learn about food from? Uh, well, other than going to school and having cooking classes in high school. Well, I, I really guess it was from just your what, from parents. your parents, what was happening at yeah. home. Yeah, what was exactly. put on the table and that was what you ate yep. in those times. Back yep. in those times, you back ate in those what you days. had and that was it. So you were told that this was healthy, that was unhealthy and these were the foods to stay away from. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you really, your, your eating patterns really came from your parents and their eating patterns came from their grandparents. When, you know, in our grandparents' day, food was a lot more, I imagine, prepared from um, fresh produce. Mm. You know, it wasn't out of a package or out of a tin or um, recycled in any. Or, you know what I mean? Like man-made. Mm. So yeah, so Who's that's interesting. Food, <laughs> just thinking that as I was saying it. But um, so it's interesting though that the it's interesting, isn't it, for something as simple as healthy eating that the government has to get involved and give us guidelines about what it believes is a healthy way to eat. Like mm. somewhere there's been a loss of a loss of this transfer of information somewhere. Mm. Well, if you think about it, a lot, I mean, the sort of things that we all need to do every day of our lives, like eat and and uh, a lot of other things aren't taught at school, really. The things no, a lot, that, uh, a lot of those life skills aren't, mm. aren't necessarily taught at schools. But yet at the moment, they're not really taught at home either. So there's that, there's that breakdown again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was just thinking then, my grandmother um, grew up in the um, Depression years i imagine mm. she's passed away now but um one of our favorite meals that she used to cook us um when we she lived up at nelson bay when we go up on a sunday or a saturday particularly in winter was fried scones have you ever had a fried scone i've never had a fried scone no fried scone so no. fried scones are like a, a flat a, a damper mix that you then cut up into triangles and you actually fry it in a in a shallow pan like in a frying pan with oil so we'd go up there and you'd have this big pile of these golden brown fried scones and we'd have um, real butter and um, golden syrup on them. Peter, it's not even lunchtime yet. <laughs> uh, Peter, you want to have a look at how the food pyramid has changed and uh, we started with the one that came out in around 1980. We're moving on a little bit. Can you take us through the next one that is looking very 3D on my, my <laughs> sheet of paper anyway? Well, as, look, as, it's, the it's graphics interesting. are a little better. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Well, this one's from 2015, so this is the most recent um, food pyramid. Mm -hmm. um, and what's interesting is, yes, the graphics has changed. It looks a little bit flasher. But keep think in mind, that's 1980. doesn't sound that long ago. It was actually 35 years ago now. It's wow. longer than that. Wow. Yeah, it's longer. That's amazing. Yeah. 38. Yeah, wow, yeah. it is 38. Um, but what is interesting, though, is that, you know, we were talking before about you know, why does the government have to get involved in telling us what's healthy? Shouldn't that mm. come through generations and from our parents and grandparents? And probably, you know, with foods like, like anything else this day and age, it goes through a bit of a renaissance, goes through a bit of period of change. Don't try the big words before lunch on a Tuesday. Um, goes through a period of change. And like now, you know, there's a lot more information about foods become, mm. you think about food, all these TV shows, you know, you know the I won't even name them, but all these TV shows around food and cooking, mm. um, healthy food, you know, smoothies, Facebook. So we are going through a bit of an explosion of you know reinterest in food. So I, I guess we've gone through that renaissance, and we're sort of coming <laughs> out the other side of it. You uh, had to say that, didn't you? That gotcha, word? gotcha. Uh, but look, interesting on this one that they've actually noted a few other things that weren't there. They've, they've pumped the idea that we should be choosing water, I guess, over just about every other drink there, which kind of makes sense now. Yep. 
Yep, mm. so they've included in Choose Water. Um, um, also, the herbs and spices, though, they become yep. very popular. Enjoy herbs and spices, a lot of health benefits. Mm. Um, and then at the bottom, so the bottom um, tier of the pyramid, yeah, they've got now veg- vegetables and legumes have been included and fruit off to one side. So that's, that definitely is looking a lot better from a, a food pyramid point of view. So Is the idea to have a little bit less fruit a bit because of the sugar? Fact. Look, we'll move on to that one in a minute if that's okay. Like my idea, the ideal diet, like for us us humans, is as high a plant based diet as possible, mm-hmm. um, which is this is heading towards that that um, idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the next layer up is the grains, um, cereals, grains, pasta, rice, etc. Um, and then the next layer, and, and I still think that could move higher. That's my very so less of. I still think we could be having less cereals and grains than what's okay. been recommended mm-hmm. there. And then the next one up is your milk, yogurt, cheeses and alternatives. So, again, we've got to add the alternatives now because they weren't available in the 1980s. No, like your oat milk and almond milk uh, yeah. and uh, all yeah. that sort of stuff wasn't around. You had, you had one option, milk. And then you've got, <laughs> then you've got your lean meat, poultry, fish, eggs, nuts, seeds and legumes. And then right at the top, healthy fats. And then off to the side with a cross against it, limit salt and added sugar. Yeah, they've been kicked off the pyramid. They've been kicked off the pyramid. And, they've been um, voted off the island. <laughs> they have been voted off. Mm. So def- definitely a big improvement over overall. So, so what, has, what were some of the reasons for some of those changes, do you think, Peter, over that last 38 years that we went, that we went through that renaissance period? <laughs> I'm going to practice that. I'm going to practice that word before coming back next week, and I'll see how many times I can slip it into the show okay. without you noticing. Yeah. So um, I think the big thing was just the recognition that you know um, obesity is still on the increase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're getting bigger and bigger. Like chubby's become the new norm. Um, you know, if you walk down the street, it's rarer now that you see someone that looks really lean, and if you do, they actually stand out. So I think our unconsciously we're all becoming used to being bigger and carrying extra weight and just dressing differently so um obesity is still continuing diabetes is going through the roof as you know massive um problem area so i'm thinking that you know they've been thinking well maybe you know sugar and carbs aren't all that they're cracked up to be and maybe we need to be a bit more moderate so that's where i'm I'm hoping the headings the thinking's heading oh well it certainly looks like that might be the case now we're going to come back shortly and talk about uh the ketogenic paleo pyramid which uh, looks more like a shelf it looks like a shelf with on a, on a, on a wall <laughs> it which, does it does like does, in the shop yeah or in a in a cooking store or something look we've gone through the food pyramids and the changes that, that they've had um the last one is one that you're a bit of a fan of the ketio ketogenic paleo nutritional pyramid and it's got its own little side pyramid it's got a small one off to the side it does and the small one off to the side has water as the base um do you need some glasses, mate? Is it, oh, I want... probably do. Okay. So water makes up the big component of this, and then it's yep. got off to the side there tea, uh, eggs, milk, lemon juice, and coconut milk, a uh, smaller amount of salt, and at the very top, vitamins, supplements, vitamin C, and spices. Although that's a big sort of Yeah. Chunk. Okay. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. So look, the... the, the... <laughs> I hadn't noticed that small pyramid before okay. until now. So that, well, it's not that small. It's, no, I know, I know. It's about I, three I, inches I, by three inches. It's not I that small. I might need to go and see my optometrist, I think. Now, the big pyramid, um, that's, again, we've got... Well, can I start at the top on this? Because I think that's interesting that fruits, we're sort of down the bottom, and they've made it all the way to the very top. So they're saying less fruit. 
Well, look, the the idea behind this diet is, mm. um, and I'm I'm not a fan of one one diet fits all mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. Like I'm not one to say everybody should be doing the paleo or everybody should be doing the ketogenic or the seafood diet or the seafood diet every every shouldn't be definitely doing the seafood diet unless it is just seafood but um but i think there's 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 elements from all of these diets that you know play a role into working out what's the ideal way for you personally to eat so the why fruits have been limited there is because of the sugar content mm. you know there's quite a bit of fructose in a lot of the fruit so if you're eating a lot of fruit a day and you're carrying extra weight, and you're trying to lose weight, then it can be an issue. So you're going to have a problem with my lunch then. What have you got for lunch today? Two two apple sandwiches. (laughs) I'm not making this up. (laughs) Well, actually, yes, I do have a problem with that as a lunch for you. Of course you do. Too many carbs. You know, if you've you've got a whole apple, Mm. two slices of bread, it's probably about 52 grams of carbs. I'm not sure if that sounds like a lot or Which we divide that by, and this is a very, very rough equivalent. If we took the fiber out of that, say, 15 grams of, say, 16 grams of fiber, maybe more, um, what's that equal? 50 minus 16, 40, 36. 34. Divide that mm. by, I'm, I'm exaggerating here, but there's probably the equivalent of about oh, 10 so teaspoons of sugar in that. Maybe, maybe, oh, maybe, maybe I should just uh, juice the thing, throw the juice away and put the rest on a sandwich. Maybe maybe eight teaspoons of sugar equivalent. So back to the pyramid. Anyway, um, so the the big stuff down the bottom. This is the stuff that we should be eating according to the pyramid. Yeah. So how what's different with this diet is that you know they've moved fruit to the top, mm. and in the bottom tier you've still got the bulk of that is made up of all your vegetables, mm-hmm. and we'll clarify that in a minute. It doesn't include in looking at the bulky vegetables. We've also moved your safe starches, your pumpkin, um, sweet potato. All of that's been moved up to just under the fruit. So in the bulk of the vegetables down the bottom, you've got more your low glycemic veggies, you know, broccoli, zucchini, squash, anything that doesn't taste sweet. As part of that, you've also given a small section of that over to the good quality fats. So the idea behind the ketogenic style of eating is that while you want to reduce your carbs, you don't want to reduce your overall caloric input. So what you want to do is you increase increase your good fats. So you might have you know, half an avocado a day, you might include coconut oil in your smoothie, you might grind up some flaxseed. So you pick up those extra calories in fat. So you're kind of encouraging the body to burn fat for a fuel more than carbs. And then off to the other side, you've got your spices, herbs, lemon, apple cider vinegar, mustard. Um, and then down the bottom there, these can be an issue for some people. These are the nightshades. So still want to have some, but tomatoes, capsule. Potatoes, tomatoes, capsicum, um, chili and eggplant. And so if you've got small joint arthritis, sometimes you've got to keep those out. So that's your bottom tier. Mostly veggies, some good fats, herbs and spices and your nightshades. The next tier up with this diet is actually where we've, we've put the meat in. So this is your um, organ meats, um, good quality meat, eggs, seafood, chicken, lamb, etc., now, interestingly, there's a calculation you can do to work out what's your ideal amount of protein to maintain your, your muscle mass, and it's about 0.8 of a gram times your ideal body weight. So if your ideal body weight's 80, then the ideal amount of protein for you to eat in a day is 64 grams. Now, 64 grams of protein isn't 64 grams of chicken. Does that make sense? Like yeah. when you look at 125 mm. grams of chicken, that's actually only got about 30 grams of protein. But we may all be eating more protein 
than what we really need as well. So it's just interesting. Next up, you've got your oily seeds, nuts and seeds, almonds, flax seeds, chias, walnuts, hazelnut, etc. And you've also got your low glycemic fruits, your berries. Next, so that's on the same level. Then the next layer up is safe starches, and right at the top is the fruit. Now, what's missing from this chart? And the ketogenic style of eating, you know, has a lot of health benefits. I sort of think of it as more of a medical diet. If someone's got something really seriously going on, I'm not averse. If someone's suffering from a bit of adrenal fatigue, I would probably give them some cereals and grains as well. I'd say, you know, maybe some organic oats, um, maybe some brown rice, some quinoa. I'm not averse to putting some grains and cereals back in if it's going to benefit that person. Yeah, because on this uh, pyramid, that's completely missing. It's taken it out altogether. Mm. So I don't. I, I, I kind of think that it, it, it comes back again to the individual, working out what's ideal. But the basic premise of this is I like because it's reducing carbs and, again, increasing plant matter to a really big part of our diet. Interesting having a look through your list of proven benefits of this diet. Um, things like reduced appetite, greater weight loss, which is fair enough. Um, also reduced blood sugar and insulin, reduced blood pressure, um, and also the greater loss of VAT. Yeah, so VAT is visceral adipose tissue. So that's bad fat, and that's the fat that gives um, guys in particular, and same ladies as well, it's when you carry that fat around your tummy, you've got that bit of a beer gut going on. Mm -hmm. So often if you check that, there'll be a little bit of fat under the skin, but the rest of the fat maybe is impacted in around all your organs. So that's visceral adipose fat, the bad fat you want to get rid of. Yeah, that's the, that's the big bad wolf, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, for cancer support? Yeah, look, it's interesting. The, the Originally the ketogenic diet... Um, was found to be beneficial for um, uh, children with epilepsy where the medication didn't seem to work. Mm -hmm. And what, what you're doing with the ketogenic diet is you're producing ketones which the brain can use as a fuel source. Um, and interestingly, type 3 um, dementia has been termed type 3 diabetes. So they're looking at, looking at doing some studies on whether a ketogenic style of eating might be good for people with dementia and even Alzheimer's as well. Some, some very mind-blowing thoughts there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But again, for us, from a preventative point of view, sugar is, you know, it's just way too overused and we get too much of it in our diet and it really does stress the body and cause a whole heap of health issues. So the more we can get on board with a ketogenic style of eating, um, I think there's really good preventative medicine in that. Some great thoughts, Peter. And thank you for bringing those pyramids in with us uh, today for health and well-being. You've got some interesting talks coming up after Easter, uh, gut health and fermenting. So that's back on the agenda again. A uh, couple of limited spaces available for this. Yeah, it's a great talk. We're going to be making, um, Kate, one of our practices, is going to be showing everyone how to make sauerkraut really, really easily and also kombucha as well. Oh, that, now, that is very popular at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's as easy as anything to make. Mm. We've got some um, growing on our kitchen bench at home. <laughs> wow, you take have a photo of that? You have you, that you've, you've tried kombucha. I have tried it, yeah. yeah. I've tried yeah. it, I've tried it. A um, couple of other ones coming up. Uh, cancer talk on Tuesday, April 24. Yep, yep, a really good talk. That's just a small one we do in our office. Um, David, our, um, one of our pranks, does that one, and it's... It's looking at um, natural medicines for cancer support. So if someone's going through um, chemo or traditional cancer therapies, there's a lot of natural medicines we can use just to support that process, help with side effects, etc. Uh, David's been here covering for you a couple of times. I reckon this guy looks like he stepped straight out of 1974, don't you? <laughs> 1974 has called. They want their image back, David. Thank you. <laughs>
Well, actually, he'll be filling in for me in a few Tuesdays' time, so you can tell him that. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> and uh, next week on the radio, oh, dear, straight after Easter, we're going to have a look at fasting. Uh, yeah, well, that's probably a good thing to do straight <laughs> after Easter. Uh, after Easter, I've promised not to have any more chocolate Easter eggs for 12 months. How about that? Very good, very good. Peter, thank you for that. We'll uh, catch you next time. Have a great Easter for you, your family, and your team. Thanks, Mark. You too. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>